Hello and welcome back to the Dentistry Online Podcast. Um, I'm here today with Shalini Nai, um, NIHR Academic Clinical Fellow in Oral Medicine. Um, so you've put together a guide, well, uh, a guide for the dental team um, during a particularly trying time when mental health is a, is a key topic. Um, so, so how did you get the idea for this wellbeing guide? Um, so I've worked actually as part of a collaborative, so it's by no means something I've done as an individual. Um, we're a sort of multidisciplinary group of individuals from across the dental profession and from across mental health. And uh, the idea for this document was actually conceived prior to the pandemic, uh, so it was actually completely unrelated. Um, the for a number of years, there have been uh, people across dentistry concerned about levels of stress and burnout in the dental profession and um, the need to, to do something to A, better understand uh, mental health in the dental profession and B, to do something about it. And that then sort of came together in February 2020 when a joint meeting was held by the BDA and Public Health England. Um, and at that meeting, there were a lot of um, there was a lot of data presented about the, the scale of the problem. Um, and one of the ideas was to create a central resource um, of all of the well-being and mental health support that's available to the dental team. So that, that's really how it all came about. Yeah, like you said, this, this obviously dental dentistry as a profession is a highly stressful, um, highly stressful one. Um, and mental health was a key topic prior to the pandemic. But do you think this is this becomes sort of more relevant um, since March, March last year, when the when COVID became quite quite serious in the UK? Um, I, I think the obvious answer is yes. I mean, there's been I think mental health researchers will spend decades investigating the detrimental effect on mental health with everything that's happened uh, across society and across professions, including the dental profession. I know there's been some recent research undertaken by one of the indemnity organisations, the DDU, that's been done in this time um, and that's shown that um, I think something like 60% or so of uh, members of the dental team feel that their stress and anxiety has increased in this time and and clearly there have been there's been a lot of upheaval in dentistry we had complete cessation of routine practice initially um, and a lot of um, uncertainty for everyone in the dental team whether it was about their their professional circumstances, their personal circumstances. Um, so clearly this, this document is probably needed uh, more than ever. But I guess the other thing to say is that we shouldn't get tunnel vision on COVID. There will be a time when COVID goes. And ultimately we know that there are uh, problems within dentistry that preceded all of this. Um, and and the, the document was going to be made whether or not COVID had happened and I guess it's fortuitous that it's coming out in this time where I think there is increased need uh, for mental health support and greater understanding of that within the dental team. Yeah absolutely I think I think what you said there was important that I mean I think as a whole that the fact that vaccines are, are being administered now is a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel um, in comparison to last year and I know we're on our third lockdown but um, it, it, it does give some kind of hope I think um, that, that we will come out of this um, and I can imagine that's that's quite a, a nice thought for dental teams. Um, I know you said you, you conceived this with, with a group of other individuals from, from different disciplines and, and organisations but why, why did you want to get involved um, with, with bringing this, uh, this guide together? 
Um, I originally became involved because, um, so the idea of creating the document came out of this meeting, which which I wasn't a part of, but that had stakeholders from across uh, the, the British Dental Association, Public Health England, and some of the charities who are also involved in this. So people such as the BDA Benevolent Fund, the Dentist Health Support Trust, um, and and other members. Um, and at the time they were looking for someone at registrar level who could um, put something together. And uh, I was available, fitted the brief, and I was keen to take part because actually, um, you know, from when you go to dental school, in my case, I trained as a dentist, but whenever you enter your training, whatever part of the uh, whatever profession you have within the dental team. Uh, you know, you hear about the fact there are high levels of stress within dentistry and that um, it can be a really challenging profession. And you always hear that side, but you don't hear very much about what can be done about it or what sort of support is available. And I think as, I think as awareness of mental health has grown over the last few years, um, actually there has been the release of quite a lot of different strands of well-being support for members of the dental team but clearly then if that's all across the internet through different organizations for someone who's having a really challenging time or in crisis actually the last thing they want to be doing then is an extensive google search or literature search to try to find out what's suitable for them um, so i think this is just a really valuable opportunity to say to people there is plenty of support available and these are all the things that are available for every member of the dental team because again I think sometimes we can um, we can um, not be aware that actually the the resources that are available there's, there's quite a lot of variation across the UK for example um, so having this kind of cohesive combined uh, resource um, will hopefully make things easier for people at every member of the dental uh, team so whether you're needing support yourself or whether you're a line manager who wants to help a, a colleague so you say here I know this might sound like a bit of an obvious question but obviously it's titled well-being support for the dental team so what does, does that mean, you know, does it, do you have to be a dental professional or is it, does it stretch over to people like uh, team members like receptionists as well? It's for, it's for every member of the dental team and that includes people who work in administrative roles, so practice managers, receptionists and people with clinical roles. Um, so it really is for everybody. And um, within the document, what we've done is created a key so that you can see uh, which member of the dental team uh, the organisations are suitable for. And I should also add that this includes students, both students studying dentistry and students uh, studying for dental nursing or dental hygiene and therapy. Uh, like you said, um, there's definitely a need for a cohesive one, one piece of documentation that, that encompasses everybody um, and could be a reference point for, for every member of the dental team. But I think it's really important as well that students are included. Uh, I've had conversations before where they say uh, these kind of conversations surrounding mental health are, I, I don't think this is necessarily specific to dentistry, but they're kind of neglected at university level. Um, and this is something that needs to be spoken about early on so that it can then carry on uh, throughout the career throughout you know dental students when they go in and enter practice um, so I mean from your experience when you were at university did you feel this is something that was missing um, it's not I don't um, I think I had very good pastoral support when I was at university and um, 
I guess one of the advantages of doing a degree such as dentistry, which is five years, is that over time you really do get to know people. So actually when you need help, it's, it's pretty easy within your, uh, within your university, within your local department. Um, but that's certainly not the case for everybody who studies, who studies dentistry, dental nursing, or, or is training to be a dental technician, for example. Um, so I think people's experiences can be really varied. I personally had a good experience, but that by no means reflects what other people have experienced and um, the research that has been done it's primarily focused on students studying dentistry but there are high levels of anxiety amongst dental students um, and a lot of that is centered around exams and assessments and in the past it was felt that that then uh, improved as dentists graduated um, but I think the recent research shows that dentists from quite early on in their career are, are very, um, are also subject to the same levels of stress and anxiety as dentists later on. And in terms of the wider dental team, so people who aren't dentists, there's, there's less research available and less data. So it's difficult to know the full scope of the problem in that absolutely. sense. No, absolutely. Do, do you feel that mental health is becoming um it's been spoken about more in dentistry because obviously you know you created you said this was something that was created prior to the pandemic so this would have been something that went ahead regardless of whether covid happened or not um which is great because like you said there is a need for something like this um but do you think over the last few years conversations have cropped up more do you think it's going heading in the right direction but more needs to be done I believe so. I mean, just thinking on an individual level in terms of the last uh, 12 months, I've had numerous emails from professional organisations um, with links to wellbeing resources or wellbeing hubs. So a number of the indemnity organisations, for example, now provide wellbeing resources. Um, we know people such as um, NHS Practitioner Health are now, um, are now um, available for dentists in England. Um, so I think there has been an expansion of the level of support available. And um, I think there has been much more conversation about this. Um, and that's why then a resource like this is so important because as the level of support um, increases and expands, um, you need a way to bring it all together so it's easy for people to refer to and actually access. Definitely. So what, what, what can people find in the guide? What, what kind of advice and tips are there in there to, to, to guide people through if they're having a tough time? So the document is sort of in two halves. So the first half of the document particularly centers around self-care and a lot of the information comes from an initiative called Every Mind Matters, which was launched by Public Health England, um, I believe last year. And, um, it's not, um, it's not a sort of diagnostic or an assessment guide, but it's something that, um, it's a resource that allows people to better, un better understand uh, problems such as uh, sleep disturbance, stress, or low mood, anxiety, and it offers practical steps about what you can do. Um, and it also offers uh, links to professional organizations that can be helpful. So that's the first half of the document. Um, the second half of the document is, uh, is really more of a directory of all the organizations available for members of the dental team. Um, and um, there are some organizations that provide uh, broad support for a range of mental health problems. And then there are more focused organizations, for example, focusing on addiction uh, or financial concerns um, or bereavement, for example. Um, the majority of organizations are specific to the dental team. 
water healthcare professionals, but we also include um, some national organisations as well where, um, where we feel those are helpful. So, so you're an NIHR um, academic clinical fellow in, in oral medicine. Um, how, over the last, what was it been now, 10 months? How, how have you been sort of balancing your work life, um, your work life situation? Because I know this has been very difficult for a lot of people um, across healthcare, but also outside of healthcare. And the guide, it sounds like the guide includes sort of tips to, to make sure that this balance is, is um, yeah, you're like you're, you're not overworking yourself essentially. So yeah, how, what have you been doing over the last, uh, last 10 months? I've probably not been as proactive as I should be in uh, <laughs> maintaining an optimal work-life balance. Okay. And I think that's probably the case for a lot of people. Um, we've been in a state of uh, flux where it's been really difficult to know week by week what you're meant to be doing or where you're meant to be. Um, I was redeployed during the first wave uh, to ENT. Um, so that was very different to my usual role. and. Um, and I believe a number of the um, members of our collaborative who've put this document together have also had their roles fundamentally changed during this time. Uh, so we've all, as a group who've put this document together, um, had a lot of changes. And I think um, putting this document together is helpful in the sense that um, it makes you aware of the importance of trying to maintain some work-life balance in your own life. Um, but I think that's really challenging when you have heavy workloads um, and uncertainty. Um, it's not always easy, easy to do that. Um, but that's where Every Mind Matters, as I said, which is in the first half of the document, is useful because it, it really breaks down uh, the types of problems that people might be having um, and specific things that can be helpful for that. So. Um, sleep hygiene advice or um, exercises that can be helpful before bedtime in terms of anxiety um, and it also gives practical tips about how to manage your day how to manage heavy workloads um, so I think all of these things are helpful for anyone who's uh, struggling or, or wants to optimize their work-life balance um, and we, we've certainly found it really um, heartening to see how much support is available actually for, for members of the dental team in terms of uh, work-life balance and in terms of managing mental health problems. There's so much out there. Um, and one of the other things that we, we want to, I guess, emphasize is that um, the support that is available in the documents, a lot of it, because it's specific to the dental team, um, is something that we want uh, dental team members to, to know about because um, we know from past research that sometimes dentists, for example, or other members of the dental team may be reluctant to access some of these conventional um, or mainstream services, or they may feel that something uh, like a, a national organization is going to be too vague to be really helpful to their specific needs. Um, so the dental and healthcare organizations in this uh, document they, they're all familiar with dentistry and they, they recognize the specific stresses and, and challenges within the dental profession. I think you're right. I think it is quite reassuring to know that something you are reading um, to give you guidance is, is put together by people who know what you're going through. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm in no way knocking, um, like you said, the mainstream services or any, any sort of generic advice that is applicable to, a, to, to all of healthcare or even just the general public. Um, but it, there is something about knowing that what you're reading is is catered towards you and what you're going through that is um yeah particularly comforting um i think and i think dentists 
over the last 10 months have felt quite um, neglected in some ways um, for, for whatever reasons. Obviously, it's been a difficult time for everybody. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's, it's great that there's one place that, that any dental team member can go to and, and know that it's, it's for them. Um, was it difficult to put together? Because I can, I just when you were just talking then, I was thinking about, well, how, where do you even start when it comes to putting something like this together? Were there any challenges you came across? Um, I think um, one of the challenges was, as I, as I mentioned earlier, is that the, the provisions that are there, they, they do vary across the four nations of the United Kingdom and some services are available for certain members of the dental team and not others. Um, so our, our main um, goal with this document, in terms of finding the organisations, that's, that's pretty easy to do. It just involves time. Um, but what we wanted to do was make sure that when someone looks at this document and looks at an organization and thinks, oh, that might be helpful for me, that they're not wasting their time and then finding out that it's not available in their country or for their, for their particular profession. Um, so that bit actually takes a bit of time. Um, but I wouldn't say it was a particular uh, challenge. It's just something we knew that if we didn't get right, it, it would reduce how helpful the document is. And... Um, I think in terms of what we've managed to put together, um, you know, it has highlighted some, um, it's highlighted some gaps. So for example, for um, members of the um, wider dental team, um, some of the services that are currently available for dentists, they're not available for members of the wider dental team. Um, but in the last uh, six to 12 months, there have been new initiatives as well. So for example, the British Association of Dental Nurses um, have had a lot of focus on uh, mental health and well-being. So um, I think there's more and more coming out, um, but there's, there's different provisions across the countries and different provisions across the professions. Yeah, absolutely. When it comes to, to understanding the, the guidance and the, um, the measures that have been that have been put out over the last year, it's, it's been quite difficult. There's been a lot of crossover and, and people releasing information ahead of, of others, um, which can, it's made it quite difficult, I think, for a lot of teams to adapt. I mean, given that the situation is, is changing daily, I guess that's what has to happen with the guidance as well. But obviously, once you imp implement one thing and the next week it's changing, it, it can become quite confusing um, and, and quite stressful to make sure you get it right. Um, but obviously you're trying to bridge a gap here with the guide, you're trying to provide support for the dental team um, that's, that's, that's needed. What do you think more needs to be done elsewhere? What else needs to happen now following this to, to tackle um, mental health issues within dentistry? Um, I think at the, so the, the day that was held in uh, February by the, the BDA and Public Health England, there was a recognition there that mental health and well-being within the dental team is, is much more than this document. This document is just one strand of it. And I guess if you want to look at it in simplistic terms, this is sort of the, the downstream work that we've done. Um, and the recognition is that upstream, actually, there are, there are lots of things that need to be done in terms of um, concerns in the dental profession about regulation, about patient complaints, um, and how all of those things are managed. Um, clearly, that's uh, not something that I'm involved in. Um, but, I, but I think it's important to say that, you know, we do recognize that there are, there are challenges within the dental profession that are not going to be fixed by this guide. Um, because this has, this has a defined role, which is to show the, the support that's out there. And, uh, you know, I think people uh, across the profession, across the professional organizations, and for example, within the GDC as well, are aware of the, the 
challenges of mental health and well-being within dentistry and do want to do things so for example i was looking at the gdc uh, website today and they've they've implemented a rapid assessment they're doing about mental health and well-being within dentistry both looking at potential causes of uh, stress and mental health problems within dentistry and also looking at potential solutions. Um, so clearly, you know, regulators and people are, are um, aware of this and taking their own steps as well. Um, so this is very much one strand, but we hope that it's one very helpful strand in the overall picture. Definitely. This has been a bit of a rough start to the year. Um, I know we didn't all think COVID was just going to disappear. Uh, as soon as 2020, 2021 came in, but it's not something that we anticipated, I don't think, a few months ago. Um, so I think this is yeah more, needed more than ever now. Um, but looking forward, what I know this is very difficult to, to say, but what do you think 2021 will have in store for dentistry? What do you think is, I don't know, by December, where do you, or where do you hope to be by December? Maybe that's a more positive question to ask at the time. I suspect that most people would say that what we really want is just to get back to a degree of normality um, and we've got to hope that that will happen. We have uh, vaccinations now and um, ultimately as I guess Professor Whitty has been telling us all that that's our route out of this so I guess we have to keep faith um, and in contrast with the previous lockdowns obviously dentistry services have been maintained um, so I think that's a positive step as well. But clearly throughput uh, in practices and hospitals is, is greatly reduced because of social distancing. Um, and it's, I think it's really difficult for anyone to know what's going to happen next. But I think a degree of normality is basically what we're all aiming for, certainly what I'm aiming for. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Like you said, it's, it's, it's good that this time around dental services can remain open. So uh, I think just finding that balance between um, getting the patients in but making sure that you're keeping patients and your staff members as safe as possible um, which is key but I think I mean I, I don't want to jinx it um, but hopefully this this first half of the year is as rough as it's going to get um, then we can start to just get used to living with COVID in a, in a less uh, stressful and, and sad I guess environment um, but something I, I end podcast with um, is moving away from dentistry um, and I, I ask uh, the guests uh, what they like to do outside of it. Um, so is there anything that you, you like to do outside of dentistry? Do you have any time? Because a lot of the time people say, I don't have any time for anything else. <laughs> is there anything you like to do uh, yeah, outside of your job? Uh, unfortunately, uh, I'm not particularly good at sports or crafts or anything that would make an interesting hobby. And I have a young family, so <laughs> there's not much time for hobbies. Um, I think probably what I've learned in lockdown is that walks are actually fairly enjoyable. And um, <laughs> before, uh, before all of this, I probably never would have gone for a recreational walk. I, I walked to commute or to get from one place to another. So it's opened my eyes that this can actually be something quite um, fun to do at weekends. Um, but I think we'd probably all like to be able to do more than go for a walk. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, so... No, unfortunately, no interesting hobbies, but I guess like a lot of people, you know, my spare time, I like to spend time with my family. I like to see friends in normal times and, uh, you know, do things that I find help to relax me and switch off at the end of the day. So whether that's reading a book or kind of um, watching a film or, you know, meeting up with friends, all these uh, pretty boring things that actually I think overall go a long way towards maintaining uh, well-being and helping you switch off from a stressful day at work. 
definitely. I think that they're perhaps things we, we took for granted um, 12 months ago. And now we realize just how lucky we were to be able to do that. Exactly. Uh, yeah, no, I understand that. And the walks as well, I completely agree. I think uh, there's a lot of benefits of them, not just about being able to get out, it's the only chance you have to get out, but also just clearing your head. And I think being in, in nature is, is quite, um, it's quite nice, quite wholesome um, and, and, and keeps the stress levels down, hopefully during a, a quite stressful time. But um, thank you very much for coming on today. Um, it's been really, really interesting. Um, just just to, to add, when is this launching? Um, it's launching, launching on the 18th of January. Um, so we have a, a website available with the, um, with the document to download. Um, so we hope that it's something that people will, might print out and keep in a staff room if, you, if you're lucky enough to have one. I know uh, we don't all have one. Um, or, you know, with your practice manager um, or, you know, somewhere where it's available for, the, for anyone in the team to access if they need it. And um, it's also, you know, suitable for electronic viewing either on your phone or on the computer. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, here's to a better 2021. Exactly. Thank you for your time.